When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Professor, do you think something that intense could happen here? Well, the San Andreas Fault runs right up the spine of California. It's the demarcation line between two tectonic plates that are constantly moving. I want to add to that the fact that it's supposed to happen every 150 years, and we're about 100 years overdue. I'd say it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. San Andreas, the subject of this week's action movie Rewind. We'll also wrap with Ricey, and we have to get a couple things off our chest first as it pertains to the basketball teams in this town. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been stepping their game up even more than usual in 2021 with MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. If you're a business owner out there, think about how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips, industry resources, they can help your business reach another level of success. That's where MyShield and Federated Mutual Insurance Company come in. To find out more about how Federated can help protect your business, visit federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. This is a huge earthquake. I don't know where Daniel went. I'm stuck in a limo in a garage in a building. I'm really, really scared, Dad. Baby, are you hurt? No. Blake, goddammit. What? What is it? Her cell service just went out. There's no way rescue personnel are going to be digging in garages anytime soon. Too many populated places above ground. What, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to get our daughter. If you smell what the rock is cooking. San Andreas is great, period, for a million reasons. It's even better if you're like Declan and I and you grew up watching the rock in his real habitat in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, it's weird. Judd's going to do it the other way around where he he watched San Andreas first. Yeah, no, no. And then yes, and then I watched some rock. Yeah, yeah. No, it was interesting. A lot of thoughts, a lot of notes. So, so we'll do that uh, real quick here. The Gopher basketball team. So they haven't won a road game this season. Just like I only need like thirty seconds, and then if you want to add to this, I <laughs> Marcus Carr and Rich, and Richard Patino as well. When you face the same math problem for like an hour straight. And you keep, like, running into the same wall. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how many people watched the game last night, but they got beat by Rutgers last night. Uh, it was back and forth into the final minute. And Rutgers kept on the pick and roll. Rutgers kept coming off of the pick man and trapping Marcus Carr. 
And the like down the stretch, the Gophers literally called two consecutive timeouts because he ran into the same brick wall. And then on the third one, he just jacked up a ridiculous contested three. Like, why? Like, you've played basketball long enough, Marcus Carr, Richard Pitino. That was one of the most, like, I, I wasn't planning on being annoyed by Gopher basketball last night, but I watched that and I was like, what are we doing here? They're going to miss the NCAA tournament because they're 4-7 and seven in conference, I think, today. Um, they used to be a top 15 team. And I'm just, I woke up this morning just irrationally annoyed by Gopher basketball. I just wanted to get that off my chest. That's desk. a very small thing because I'm annoyed by the last two nights. We are, thanks to the Wild, the state of hockey, right? Well, right now we are the state of annoying damn basketball. Like the last two nights. Like the whole point of, the great thing about being down by, let's say, two or three points late in a basketball game, right? Is And you've got the last shot. You've got a chance to tie or win. Like that's what makes basketball fun, right? Like, you know, if it's football, Hail Mary pass, probably not going to work. Hockey, Goaltender pulled, the odds are still against you, right? Basketball's the one, you know, baseball. Two outs in the ninth, two guys on, you're down by a couple runs, a closer's in. Odds are probably with the pitcher, right? Am I right so far? Yes. Basketball's the one damn sport where if you're down but you got the ball, you can dagger, to use the Wayne Larravee term, your opponent. And instead, between Ryan Saunders and the Timberwolves on Wednesday... And Richard Pitino, Marcus Carr, and the Gophers on Thursday, you have that last really great opportunity, like the like just a golden opportunity. And you don't even look like you've come up with a play for it, Phil. It's weird. But like explain explain how there's any difference between what we saw from from and I, I know that the plays unfolded differently, but D'Angelo Russell and the Wolves in San Antonio on Wednesday. And Marcus Carr and the Gophers, and again, I get that the plays were different, but explain how both of them look so damn feeble when you had a great chance, I think in both cases, if I'm not mistaken, to tie. Yeah, in, in both cases, they're actually very similar. In both cases, you have you have shoot-first, volume-scoring point guards, D'Angelo Russell and Marcus Carr, both guys who can get hot for stretches and carry a team, and like when they're hot, you definitely want them on your team. But then also both guys who are tunnel vision, this is my time to get my shot, double teams be damned, right? And that w- that's what was frustrating is like, are those guys just ignoring a well-drawn up play or was the play for them to just go rogue in those moments? You know, why are we, why, why are we taking timeouts here and having these volume, undersized volume shooters with hands in their faces put up these shots in the final minutes? And then the biggest question is probably, why do we care so much? Go for basketball and go and and Timberwolves basketball. And I'm you know why? saying this to myself yeah, mostly. I'll tell you why. Have done the same thing I'll year after why. year after year, yeah. and it's the gap between expectations and reality that keeps biting me here. And so. th- this is where being a 51 year old Minnesota licensed sports therapist helps me. I'll tell you why. Because of the ineptness. That's why. If they actually drew up plays that didn't work, but they but they look good. We'd be like, oh, man, Minnesota sports, that's a tough one. But I think that you are annoyed, and probably so is Declan, and so am I, because of the sheer ineptness that goes from coach to player to what was that? Like, if Marcus Carr had made the best play possible, like let's say he goes lights out, best play, and he does everything right. So 
to your point, solves the math problem. The equation is no problem. And they get that shot. Open look. Bang. It misses. I think we'd be like, okay, that's, yeah, that's a bad loss. Or that's a tough loss. But but they didn't even get that. It really did remind me. I think me, that's why you're annoyed. It reminded me a lot of the infamous Tubby Smith game against Northwestern on the road like <laughs> seven or eight years ago. <laughs> and they faced a 1-3-1 zone for two hours and stared at it and stared at it. They scored like 45 points or something in the whole game. They had multiple professional players. Not, I don't think they had any NBA guys, but they had like Mbakwe and Rodney Williams could jump out of the gym. And any sort of like backdoor cut alley-oop would have just destroyed Northwestern that night. Yep. And those guys just, they stared at it. They called timeouts. What is this thing? Do they have 14 defenders on the court? Oh my God, is that a brick wall? Who are we facing? It's the Northwestern National Geographic basketball <laughs> wild basketball kingdom. It's like, and then last night it's like, oh my god, what what is this thing? Are, oh, they're 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 jumping their defense out of the pick and roll and double teaming the ball handler. That's new. That's I've never seen that in basketball before. It's a it's a half court trap on the point guard. What do we do? I don't know. Someone's open. I know. Throw a pass. I know. And they played, you know, they played hard. They they actually were engaged. Like, everything about, and and it also was not, because I, I heard this again on the uh, telecast last night, you, you know, look at the gauntlet that the Gophers have played on the road. They've played Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa and Purdue, and those are, and those are tough teams. But this was the game where you could easily go in and win. And, and it's a good game, but you could win. Speaking of the telecast, it took me a while to realize. I kept thinking, like, that sounds like Gus Jan. That sounds like Gus Johnson. Is that Gus Johnson? I think it's Gus Johnson. And then you thought, no, it can't be. He's Wait. mispronouncing too many golfers' names, he, and he doesn't care. Dude, he was half asleep. He mispronounced everyone's name. And in a back and forth game, seventy-one to seventy, seventy-two seven, whatever the score was, it was yep. literally back and forth and close for the final few minutes. Yep. We got no Gus gasms. No, you know, nothing. You usually. And people might say, well, it's not the NCAA tournament. Like, if you turn on a Gus Johnson game on a Tuesday night, you know, in December, yep. and it's Temple versus some whatever, like any game I've ever seen Gus Johnson, and he's revving it in the first half, right? To the bucket! Ah! Right? Like, that's Gus Johnson. That dude was sleeping last but night. But the difference oh, is this. We- Gus is probably at home. There's no fans. I-, I think Gus feeds off the fans. I guess. Like, I think Gus loves that stuff. How close are are we to an announcer eventually doing a game from his bed? Well, Gus was last night. Because he might have been. Because so. these guys are all at home. Like, they're they're all in front of their pictures at home and stuff. I wonder if we're very close to, to a guy being like, hold on a second. I've got um, I've got this game, this this whacker Pac-12 game in basketball night. Well, who was... Uh, I'm just going to crawl into bed think, and do this. I think Mark, Mark Jackson, I think, was like went off to take a 20-minute nap at one point during that Wolves... Was it Wolves-Warriors or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like, we've lost Mark. It's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if that's a huge loss. So, anyways, I guess the summary of these first 10 minutes of today's Mackie and Jet episode are shocker and breaking news. Minnesota basketball teams are disappointing and head scratching. I'm just glad that, that, you, that you felt something on a night in sports, Minnesota sports-wise, where you didn't think that you were going to feel initially? Yeah, I, I, I had no expectations, really. I was hoping that they would win. And then when I saw what I saw, it was definitely flashbacks to pretty much every other era of Gophers basketball. So, Anyways, 
All right, let's get to the main event here. Let's get to the main event. The Rock saving his family from a natural disaster. Action movie rewind. Stronger than a bear, faster than a buck. The biggest thing to hit Canada because the maple leaves suck. Welcome to the party, pal. Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... I'm in uh, an electronic store in Chinatown. Honey, it's going to be okay, but I need you to listen to me. Getting out of there is going to be a complete gridlock nightmare, so get to higher ground. It's safer. That's where I'm going to be able to see you. Do you remember where we spent Mallory's birthday weekend? At Coit Tower? Yeah. Yeah, that, that whole cement nozzle thing on the hill. Exactly. Don't stop anywhere. Go there. That's where we'll meet. Stay strong, honey. I'm going to get you. Before that, your bright green shirt. Before that, your bright orange shirt. You're running around here looking like a big fat bowl of fruity pebbles. <laughs> this is Action Movie Rewind. Every Friday, I'm Mackie and Judd. We go in and do deep dives, entirely two deep dives into some of the most noteworthy action movies in American cinematic history. And our journey through many eras of action movies has taken us to two things for the first time here. I think I think for the first I know I know one of them's for the first time. The Rock Dwayne Johnson as a star and a natural disaster. This is our first nat- natural disaster. I think it is. Oh, you might be right. Hold I'm on just a second. Going I'm the, trying to think. Have the, we ever done a... Yeah, you're... No, I think you're right. The only movie that didn't have a villain, like a, just a classic action movie villain, was Top Gun. Armageddon was the asteroid. Armageddon, you're right. So that's kind of a natural disaster. Yeah, kind of. No, you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. So Armageddon... Armageddon. I like this one. I, I like th- this one at least a little bit more for... I really think this sort of could happen. I th- I think it absolutely I think it absolutely Armageddon. will happen. Armageddon, there's a lot wrong. I think it's a long shot. By the way, we did rank in our in our in our villain rankings. We had the asteroid. Uh, I think it was the it was the sixth worst villain that I, we that we rated. I was going to ask asteroid. you yeah. what's the bad guy? It's I'm the curious. earthquake, huh? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's, All right. It, well, I would say it's the nature. Earth. It's yeah. nature. Mother Earth. And, and we'll get to it. But uh, this or week's the boyfriend. <laughs> what the boy? Oh, the the, the stepdad. The stepdad. The they're not married yet. Well, the boyfriend is the questions. British guy. Yeah, we'll oh, get that. oh, no, no, I no, no, no. I have numerous questions. Oh, there's oh, Declan. Declan, you get in line because I got questions too. <laughs> All right. San Andreas, 2015. Here's the summary. A seemingly ideal day turns disastrous when California's notorious San Andreas Fault triggers a devastating magnitude 9 earthquake, the largest in recorded history. As the earth cracks open and buildings start to crumble, Ray Gaines, played by The Rock Dwayne Johnson, an LAFD search and rescue helicopter pilot, must navigate the destruction from Los Angeles to San Francisco to bring his estranged wife and their only daughter to safety. Inexplicably, 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics' consensus reads like this from Rotten Tomatoes. San Andreas has a great cast 
and outstanding special effects. But amidst all the senses, shattering destruction, the movie's characters and plot prove less than structurally sound. If you smell what the rock is cooking. A $110 million <laughs> budget turned into $474 million at the box office. Whoa. This movie starred a couple of beautiful women that uh, Declan would like to talk about. Paul Giamatti trying to warn everyone. Oh, love Paul Giamatti. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The jabroni beaten now. <laughs> Pie-eating, trailblazing, eyebrow-raising. Stronger than a bear, faster than a buck. The biggest thing to hit Canada because the maple leaves suck. Judd, what was your key takeaway from this movie? Oh, my God. Oh, all right. This is going to be so much fun. Okay, I've got a few. One, I am never moving to the West Coast now. I'm not going to chance that. Uh, Off the review that you read, my takeaway was this. It's very clear, and it works. Any type of cohesive storyline is not important if you have Dwayne The Rock Johnson in your film. It doesn't have to track. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't matter. Also, the other thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think of this film. (laughs) Also, the other thing that I, my takeaway, I think that of all the films that we have done, and there have been... There have been a lot of, there's been a lot of of beautiful women in these films. So, like, across the board. I think of all the films that we've done, this one uh, takes the cake for keeping the two central female characters, who are, by the way, going through hell. Like, they are strong, powerful people. Love it. Uh, he keep the people that wrote this film. I think by the end, combined, despite what they go through, they have two scrapes, and their makeup <laughs> never leaves their face. Yeah, at one point, the mom That's had, my takeaway. She had, like, her eardrum blown out and blood coming out of her ear, and then by the end, she was, like, she was great. She's in a she tank was, top. She was good. Yeah, she's driving and the, daughter, the boat. And the a, daughter, like, drowns and stuff, and she's, like, at the end, she's, like, but I still look really good, right? She Yeah, she was unconscious for, like... Several minutes. Minutes. Like there, 10 minutes? There would have been fear of brain damage in most human beings. She woke up and like, hey, my makeup's still on. Five minutes later, and she's like snuggled back up with British guy that she just met yeah. 10 minutes earlier. Anyway, <laughs> my takeaway was I th- that this film did, did a fantastic job of being like, these characters are going to go through hell, and the one thing we aren't going to make sure, that we will make sure of is they look really good in the end. Yeah, that their hair is not out of sorts. I think between the two, I think between the mom and... And daughter, they have a combined two scrapes. Um, Declan, what was your main takeaway? From this uh, my main takeaway is I've never seen something so plausible look so ridiculous in San Andreas. So, I mean, an earthquake is, like, of this magnitude, is completely plausible. Like, we do action movie rewind, and we see the most ridiculous over-the-top things. <laughs> but this movie is so over-the-top absurd like I, I love it, but it was hilarious to me from the opening car scene, which I'll get to in my least favorite part too. From the opening <laughs> right. car crash scene, which is the most <laughs> how did ridiculous. She, okay. yes. How did she not die? Yes, oh, I, she I'll, literally. I'll get, to, I'll get to that. I got a note. Fell off a mountain. I'll get to those parts too. <laughs> I got a note. I got those in my notes. She's just sitting in her car waiting for a helicopter to come in there. I got I'm over note. here. <laughs> That part, the helicopter going sideways to get down, the dude being lodged underneath the car. 
the fact that the mom. <laughs> fine. We're going to tilt the house. Yeah. I think that's what he said. Yeah. My shoulder's shattered, but I'm going to be fine. The wife drives a flipping boat through the glass, which like would have sent her flying through, but no, after she's they, fine. After they drove it over a tsunami. Right. After they yeah. drove it over which, a tsunami. Which, by the way. Propeller blades. Which, by, by the way, took a cruise liner ship. <laughs> And threw it into the into San Francisco. <laughs> they've got they've got like a weekend party boat that just jumps I, that. This it's hilarious. Like like Jed said, cruise liner ship gets thrown into the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes, destroying everyone and, and killing then into thousands. San Francisco proper. And they've got this you know like speedboat. They're on a pontoon. It's amazing. They're, They're on, basically yeah. on a pontoon with with a with a keg <laughs> and back. And and the rocks jumping the tsunami. So he's using a helicopter to come get her. The helicopter then goes down to a thrift store. Love how they quickly grab clothes in the thrift store. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but they both took two yeah. things off the rack and left. The Didn't thrift even store. look at the tags or the yep. sizes. And the thrift store is fine after a helicopter crashes into it. Correct. it it's like oh, we just sort of went through the front. He. Gets the truck, then trades it for a plane, which he drives for like five minutes, and then has to abandon the plane. Like it's it is so over the top ridiculous. Steve Martin, John Candy, baby, it was great. So I liked it. Though. Planes, trains, and helicopters. I think okay. I think my main takeaway is that gr- growing up, uh, my main takeaway is that this is this is the Rock's peak. I thought the Rock's peak would have been in the WWE, and I started watching the Rock in 1997 as a 12 year old kid getting into the attitude era and i remember i'll just give you a little i'll just give you a little background here for for judd and for some of the listeners that think wrestling's lame which it totally is but you're lame i'm hooked yeah you're lame yeah um cuz the the rock is my favorite entertainer of all time just straight up my favorite entertainer of all time mm-hmm. his story is fascinating so so he comes from a wrestling family and he was also a defensive lineman at the university of miami in the early 90s um, I think he played with like Warren Sapp. Like he was, a, he was a good defensive lineman in college, and then he gets into the family wrestling business of pro wrestling um, in the in the mid '90s, and he was sort of jammed down people's throats as a babyface or a good guy in like '96, '97. So he he wasn't, and the crowd kind of turned on it because they didn't. They just thought like, who's this weird guy with like curly hair? And they're like, he's big, big smiley guy, and they and it just didn't work, and so. He was kind of a failed wrestler two years into his career, kind of a failed football player. And so you get into like 1998 and he comes back from an injury and he decided, okay, I'm going to be a bad guy. I'm going to talk in the third person and I'm just going to have the best promos ever. I'm just going to rip people up and down. Before that, your bright green shirt. Before that, your bright orange shirt. You're running around here looking like a big fat bowl of fruity pebbles. And so starting in 1998... He he came up with all of these catchphrases and the people's eyebrow. He could raise one eyebrow yeah. like halfway up his forehead. Yeah. And he just became straight up one of the greatest performers in ring and on the microphone in wrestling history. But he was only really no like being popular in late nineties wrestling, you were definitely a household name. Like those Stone Cold Steve Austin, those guys became national household names because wrestling was at its peak then. But he wasn't like on the level of a Tom Hanks superstar or of an Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you would have told me in the late 90s, hey, The Rock's stardom is only at like 20% right now. He eventually is going to be the most famous person possibly in the world outside of athletes. He has like 200 million Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. He is legitimately one of the most known people in the world now. And it's in large part, he had a bunch of movies leading up to this and he was in Fast and the Furious movies. But I think San Andreas was like the big 
no pun intended, the big one for his career. And so my main takeaway is like the entire movie, the absurdity of it, the rock being the hero. It's just like a great encapsulation of the rock Dwayne Johnson as an entertainer. So Declan, when did you first start watching the rock? When do you remember? Um, Probably, probably like early 2000s, probably like 2000 or so. I was more of a WCW kid growing up to start. Um, I my my dad used to have one of those. Uh, I don't even care saying this. He had one of those illegal pirate boxes that got us free pay per views. So I remember watching pay per views as like a young kid all the time. Um, and in fact, I remember vividly when Undertaker comes back at Judgment Day as ABA. Like I remember that. That's like one of my earliest wrestling memories when the Undertaker, who was like okay, for the uninitiated, yes. ABA is the American, American badass. badass. It's where the Undertaker became like a real person who rode a motorcycle. Yeah. He was yeah. no longer like the <laughs> the death guy. He was now an American badass riding a motorcycle. So I remember that vividly. But probably, yeah, probably like around 2000. And I remember Rocky, the people's elbow and all these great insults. Yeah, it was it was probably around eight years old that I remember The Rock. Joe, what was your favorite part of San Andreas? Okay, I've got a couple things. First of all, the the cartoon quality of this film included doing the one thing I love, and that is killing everyone you sort of don't like. Like you didn't, if, if you were a character, that the best part, in that vein to me was actually when when the the rocks at that point soon to be ex-wife goes to lunch on the top of the hotel in, in LA with her boyfriend's sister and she's like really obnoxious and asks about their dead kid and it's just like over the, and then like boom earthquake hits they kill her instantly okay the boyfriend gets killed they kill everyone that you, if you sort of don't like them, they are going to die. And then to go to what I think is Dex's least fit favorite part, I love the first scene with the car tumbling off the cliff because one, it's just hilarious. But two, this is where this film, make no mistake, delivered big time. <laughs> there was no question about, and, and I actually love this. Pace of action. Yeah, like, there, was, like, there was no like they Like they didn't bring you in with the big storyline of the Rock's impending divorce and, and his dead kid. Flashback and, to when their marriage yeah, was great. Yeah, it's I like, mean, they, they did that a little bit throughout the course of the film with stuff. But what I loved was basically from the second that film started, they're, they're like, we ain't going to fool around here. We're going to, plausible or not, we're going to give you action. And they did a great job. And I like that because, one, it, it, like, to me, signified the part that this was going to be a bit of a cartoon, which is absolutely fine. And, two, I want pace of film. Like, that's big to me. Don't dilly-dally. If this is if, – if you are going to do a film that is just sort of goofy, be goofy and start it. You know, sometimes – I actually when, like that, and I'm not joking. Sometimes when you see a $100 million budget for a film, a lot of that money goes to – you might have, like, six – star actors or yes. actresses and you feel like you need to lengthen the script for those actors and, actresses right and we've seen that in this case really the only like the rock made 25 million dollars for this movie i don't know what paul giamatti made but he was a pretty famous actor at the time in 2015 um and then from there they kind of felt like all right we don't really need a lot of character development for everyone else let's use the budget on special effects yep. and blowing up 
all of San Francisco. Yep, totally. So, uh, Declan, what was your favorite part of this movie? I mean, besides from Alex Adario, the entire film. No, um, go ahead. She, she was, a, uh, she had a big heart in this movie, I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> She's very smart, big brain. She is smart. She's she a smart. big brain. She, uh, very, she, very smart she, lady. She flirts very, uh, very, very elegantly with the dude in, 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 the, in, in, in her stepdad's workplace. I thought that was excellent. He's British. Yeah. And, like, you can Elegance tell he's nervous. Because like, mm-hmm. and his little brother's his little hype man, which I also appreciate as the youngest brother of four. Um, I loved I loved that dynamic. I really did. I thought it was great. She was super smart too. But in all seriousness, the deaths are my favorite part in this movie. There is a lot of good justified deaths in this film. I love the scene when the wife is having lunch with her, with her friend up in that high high rise. And eventually the earthquake's happening and the rocks, you know, on the phone. They're like, just get to high ground, honey. Get to high ground and get everyone you can. And at one point, her friend opens the door to go to the bathroom and just falls to her death. <laughs> just like completely. The, the bathroom is now gone. The building is half gone. Yes. She is dead. She is gone. Great. Yeah, great. I thought that I know it sounds pretty morbid, but I thought that was awesome. No, um, sounds good to me. And then I also love Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is one, like one of my favorite actors. So. I thought he did an excellent job, and I, I, yeah. I love his cadence. Like, his voice, like, I could listen to Paul Giamatti he's, read he's anything. He's super creepy. So yes, he is. I love him in Billions on Showtime, if anybody watches that show, where he plays a U.S. attorney going after a hedge fund billionaire. He's a really good trading. actor. And he, he kind of plays Paul Giamatti in everything. Like, he's just kind of the guy who's... He's looking to warn people, or he's looking to get people. Yeah, he can be a good bad guy, too. Yeah. He, although I will say it was kind of funny that the, there had already been a 7.1 Richter scale earthquake that took out the Hoover Dam, and then there was a 9.1 earthquake that took out Los Angeles in part of San Francisco, and then Paul Giamatti was like, "We need to get on TV and warn everybody." Yeah, it's like oh, I mean, well, thousands of people. And how is this building not? How is this building like still fine? Yeah. Yeah, like they keep showing his office. It's Don't like get out of the ground. Everything's the working. Desk. The computers are working. Let's get under a desk for a 9.0. Like More buildings are toppling. People. He's like, get under a desk. More importantly, people need to know that the shaking is not over. And it's not aftershocks I'm talking about. San Francisco will get hit again. And it's going to be a bigger monster this time. Our models are predicting a 9.5 or greater. It will be so big that even though it's happening here in California, you will feel it on the East Coast. I cannot emphasize this enough to the people of San Francisco. You need to get out, and I mean now. And if you can't, you need to find any means possible to drop, cover, and hold on, because your life is going to depend on it. God be with you. God, he's he's great at like the the breathy drama. Oh, yeah. That's right. Everyone's gonna die. <laughs> Also, did you notice, like, especially towards the end, like, some sexual tension between him and the newscaster? Yeah, she reached out and touched him. The knee touch. In fact, that actually brings me to, (laughs) I I wouldn't say, this is a good time for that since you brought it up here. I don't know if it's my favorite thing. I don't know if it fits in this category. But the idea of finding love during a natural disaster. Yeah, because the passions are high. Emotions but, are but running Would high. you guys really be so we had the, the daughter and the British guy, you know, they're both like in their early twenties and they just meet and now they're just like through this natural disaster where she almost dies and he has like a shard of glass almost cut his leg in half and like now they're clearly gonna get married through like just having <laughs> gone through this for a day. The rock's gonna be his The Rock and his ex wife are just back together. Yep. 
Paul Giamatti meets the news anchor guy. Like, would you guys be in the headspace to find your true love through a nine point one Richter scale you know earthquake? What? I think these films that, that that we have watched now for months, including Speed, which has the same sort of deal, I think what they're trying to say, and it might be true, is that is that going through a near-death experience with a person of the opposite sex draws you to a point of being close because you now have a shared experience. And that heightens, it's hard to replicate and that, that, though. And that heightens, well, yeah, but that, go to a movie that's now, what Sandra honey? Bullock says. She says to, to Keanu... In speed, that the majority of relationships, if I recall the line correctly, that start in situations like that don't end well because of that. But still, the passion of the moment. I guess. It's a big I, writing tool. I mean, I think it sounds like Declan probably would have been able to start any sort of relationship no, with Declan this Declan could have though. passed her on the street and you would have tried to start a relationship true. with her. It's very true. And she would have um, tweeted something about him and it would have been on. not wrong. Um I don't think like you're necessarily looking for love, but similar to what Judd says, you get so caught up you're in the moment. You're not looking for it. It just kind of happens. It happens. I, I, I was just envisioning. It's a love I, I've yeah. I don't want to. Never mind. I, I was just envisioning there. like when The Rock was giving his daughter ten minutes of mouth to mouth resuscitation. Declan coming in as the reliever, like uh, actually right. bringing the right in here. Bring the right Can I here. ask a question though? If you if you basically drown, okay, and you're out for as long as she is, what would the real brain damage be? Like, she is out. Like, she must have, her heart must have stopped at some point in time, right? I think so. I Like, wouldn't you have brain damage? I would, I don't know. I I don't, I don't think you just sort of snap out of it as quick like, as she yeah. did. I, I don't think it's like. Water. I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. Which, which I think you, which I think you could do if you almost drowned, got pulled out quick. But, like, she's out for an extended period of time. Right. So I would think that she she would have some type of long term effect. I feel like also for feel as, like a doctor could help us for as great as the Rock was at saving people and thinking one or two steps ahead, while his daughter was gasping for air and telling him to tell mom that she like she was basically saying I'm going to die as the water level goes up. Yes, he waited until the water consumed her and then she like started floating down to think. Oh, I wonder if there's like a yeah, way underneath dude. to kick the panel out. Why didn't he do that like two yes. minutes earlier? Thank you. I noticed this. I wrote down the same thing. Because then, then it wouldn't have been as dramatic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Scorsese. It wouldn't okay. have been as right. dramatic. Um, where are we at here? Well, favorite part? My, yeah, think, your okay. favorite part. Okay. Speaking of The Rock, I think my favorite part of this movie was just how The Rock's character was perpetually optimistic in situations where there's no way you could be optimistic. Right. Even at the end of the movie, him and his family... Have their arms around each other. They're sitting on the hilltop. They're looking at a destroyed, like, San Francisco is gone. We're gonna the Golden Gate Bridge is gone. It's time to rebuild. Phil. And his line is, now we rebuild. Now what, we rebuild. What, what do we do next? Now we rebuild. And especially to with. <laughs> no, now you move to the Midwest. Yeah. That's what you do. We're moving, honey, we're, we're moving to Kansas. And like the, I know there's tornadoes. The news anchors that are like, yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be felt around the world. Like you're like, oh man, I wonder what's uh, what's going on in New York, what's going on in China, what's going on in Africa, and they're like, yeah, we're just gonna rebuild, and the movie just ends. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just over. What? And then the other thing too is so so yes. the Rock and his wife are so there. There's a massive earthquake that's going from Los Angeles up to San Francisco, and the daughter is in San Francisco, and they're flying and trying to get their way from Los Angeles to San Francisco, and he keeps saying things like. I'll find her. I promise. Yeah. Right? I just sounded like Liam Neeson there. Hey there. I will find you, and I will kill you. I have a certain set of skills. Like, so, so they're in San Francisco, one of the biggest cities in the world. A tsunami and an earthquake have just hit the city. But yes. don't worry. 
will for sure find. And I happen to see no her because contact. she has a she has that green light then to shine on their boat. Hey, it's but an our, amazing coincidence. It's our daughter. Yeah. Right. Um, the fact that The Rock picks up people in his helicopter like it's an Uber is pretty impressive in Correct. this movie. The old people? Giving the old people Thanks for the, the truck, too. Thanks for the truck. Here's my plane. How about this? That's the, not a good trade. The San Andreas <laughs> fault line opens up, and The Rock asks the old guy, as they because they, they reach it and they realize they can't drive across the road, is there a way around this? <laughs> I don't know. It stretches from L.A. to San Francisco, yeah. so Well, you could try not. 70 miles back going that way, and then you just come up the 307, and that might work. I don't think so. Why would you trade? But I mean, old man, like gets the truck. He's like, "Thanks a lot. Here's my plane." That that would be like me going to a family in Wyzetta with a home on the lake. And all right, here's the deal I got for you. I got this small house in SLP, but it's close to the city. And just give me your house, okay? Thanks a lot. I actually think, but I disagree. I actually think the truck is the more valuable thing because, like, you're only going to use the plane once. He, he gave away his truck to he, use the plane for like two hours, and then he, cra- and then he and, allows the plane and, to crash. And and, and, <laughs> and and he perfectly uh, parachutes with the wife in right. AT and T Park. Honey, we're going to parachute inside the stadium. She's like, "What? Well, okay." First time I got you to second base in a while. I yeah. actually really like that line. Oh yeah, he's got good. lines. That's a pretty good I mean, they damn near hit the lights, but they yeah. don't. Yeah, okay. All right. What is your least favorite part okay. about Sandres? Okay, Jeff? here now. There's a lot of things. To, to what Dex said that are not plausible about this film. And I'll play along. I'll play. You know what? It, it was, it was cartoon fun. That's fine. But I got what I got one that struck me. <clears throat> the rock Dwayne Johnson, Ray, what, what what's his last name? Um, let me see here. His name is Ray Gaines. Okay. Ray. We Gaines. really didn't get names here at all. No, no and it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. Ray Gaines works for the Los Angeles fire department. Okay. There is a huge earthquake at the Hoover Dam, okay? He's going to go the next day with his colleagues, his comrades, to help out. Yet when the earthquake hits the West Coast with L.A. and San Francisco, he takes the company helicopter. Yes. And instead of helping and getting with his comrades, he basically commandeers it as his Correct. own, as, as Phil just said, his own Uber, and he sets so, off for San Francisco. And here's what I love. Yes. So I'm willing to sort of buy, okay, yeah, oh. he's a wild card. You know, you don't know. Nobody tries to get a hold of Ray Gaines. Correct. Like, there's no one Correct. from the fire department to be like, hey, you're going to bring the damn helicopter back? Dude, we got to save people. Yeah. So he just takes off. Would it have been that hard to explain some storyline? I don't know. His colleagues all got killed or something. But, like, they're all just gone. They, they're in the first scene. Yes, and yes. I assumed from the first scene that the whole trickle-down was, okay, Ray's got these, you know, three guys, and they've all served in combat, right? And, like, they're all going to go save people. And that's what the film's about, an earthquake, and they're going to save. I totally got that. No, they're gone. Crush shoulder guy gone. Everybody gone. And then and then Ray just takes the copter. And then it crashes, but it crashes that he just sort of sets it down into a store that doesn't then blow up. Right. And off of that, how am I supposed to believe anyone lived here? What do you mean? Like anyone Anyone in the damn film? <laughs> 
Anyone, including Ray Gaines. Not everyone is going to die. Including, in fact, I've got some data on this that we'll get to. But the helicopter, I know, but the helicopter crashes anyway. But I love the fact that he basically starts off as this company guy and he's an L.A. FD guy. Right. And then he just sort of goes wrong. Yeah, I guess it's funny. I had not thought of it from that perspective that, okay, probably going to need that helicopter and the like the best guy to to fly it and save people like this guy's clearly amazing at saving people with a helicopter yeah and he just took it for his own reasons he just flies it to san francisco (laughs) he's like we're honey we're going to san francisco dex what was your least favorite thing about this one of them was that what judges laid out i I literally wrote down so you're telling me a firefighter was able to just abandon his position to rescue his ex-wife and daughter like that was just that went unasked no, no one, no one stopped him. No one was like, "Ray, what the hell?" Like we were expecting you on the Golden Gate Bridge an hour ago, and you're now in a truck and in a plane, and you're landing in AT and T Park. What, what happened here? Yeah, he's I, fired for sure. Right? I thought that was like just ridiculous. Um, I the stepdad sucked. I did not like the st- classic stepdad though. Yeah, right, yeah, like yeah. classic movie portrayal of a step parent. Um, okay, in fact, and, who, 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 where does he rank among your your favorite movie step parent or least favorite characters? The one that I remember the most is from Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, yeah. where the stepdad tries to emulate the claw, and he just does the one finger thing. I don't know if you guys have seen that oh, movie. I've seen the claw. The, the, no. It's the claw. It's an annoying stepdad, um, for sure. Also, though, what... Ha- like the step, the last scene I remember with the stepdad is he throws that guy after like that, you know, that windstorm's coming to get in the barrier. Is he seen again? Yeah, yes. he gets killed on the Golden Gate Bridge. He they does crush get him. killed on the bridge. The, so the the big crush him. the big boat. Yeah. The, so it's funny they're they're all by the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, the Rock and ex wife are in the boat trying to go over the tsunami. Right. And then the big uh, what kind of that what would cruise, you call it that cruise liner? Yeah the yeah the ship liner whatever it is. Uh, so that gets capsized and tipped right. over, and okay. one of the compartments falls and kills the stepdad. Oh. who's standing on the I was, Golden Gate I Bridge. was thinking about Alex Adaria the whole time, so I think <laughs> Yeah, I think part, his last um, line is, oh, bleep. Oh, yeah. Got and it. then they just crush Well, good. Him. Yeah, yeah, it was a justified, another game. Oh, it's a great a justified killer. death. It's a great killer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, my, my least favorite part is the fact that, yes, The Rock just was able to abandon as a firefighter with his post to go rescue his ex-wife. And I get rules might be, like, a little bendy in the <laughs> event of a 9.8 Richter scale earthquake, but at the same time, I thought that was a little... Yeah, I have that one on my list for sure. The other one I have on my list for for least favorite thing <laughs> is the so put yourself in the shoes of the British guy for a second, okay? The British the British uh I guess boyfriend of the rock's daughter now. So they just met in the lobby and he's got a little crush cuz she's cute and uh he you know, he he goes up for his little meeting and he has his brother get the phone number. Uh but they they all they talked for like 10 minutes or something in the lobby and so he doesn't really know her or her backstory or she I mean she could be a drug like, dealer like who knows who knows what she is right but she continues to say even though thousands of people are moving in one direction to get away from danger with no phone contact or anything she continues to tell the british guy and his brother no we need to go this way and we need to go to that building because that's where my dad's going to find us in his helicopter that he's flying from Los Angeles. And so I think my least favorite part is the amount of trust that she has that her, that the rock is going to find her in San Francisco in the middle of an earthquake and a tsunami. And then the level of trust that he has in a girl he just met that her dad is going to save them. And he doesn't, but his brother then... Is is like I think that we should follow Blake. Yeah, I so, think I Ben. I, I think we should follow Blake. I'm just saying I, I have trusted a woman that is going to get me to somewhere that is not where I wanted to be, so I, it, it can happen. So I I don't think it's that unbelievable <laughs> that that 
guy was following her to where what she was saying. See, I think he let his heart take over there. I think he knew they were going to die. But you know what? If I'm going to die, I might as well be with this gal. Right. Pretty, pretty, pretty good looking. Not a bad way to go out. All right. (laughs) Not a bad way to go out. Declan's dead serious. He's like, yeah, I'd die. Yeah. All right. Least believable thing. Okay. Off my point, I'd like to go (laughs) through. How much time do we have? I'd like to go. I'd like to go through some of the main characters in this film who indeed did survive. Okay. I'm going to start with with The Rock's soon-to-be ex-wife, Emma, who is on the roof of a building lunching with her new boyfriend's sister, who they kill quickly, which is great. Great. Okay. The building basically starts collapsing. The Rock tells her, go up to the roof. I'll come get you in my helicopter, which I've <laughs> commandeered from the Los Angeles Fire Department. And then, and then to Phil's point, because they've got special effects money to burn, they keep having various floors collapse underneath her from the top on down. So she's like falling down floors, literally floors. There's, there is concrete tumbling around her. You would get crushed, but she is falling where I think they, they show like two falls that she takes where there's be no question that you would just pass out. Like, like you would hit the concrete falling yeah, and you'd be unconscious. For you'd sure. be unconscious. Yeah. She keeps getting back up like Rocky, but she's not even like cut. Like, uh, like hairs or tufts of hair. Yeah, she has like a are, like a dirt smudge on her forehead or something. Yes, yeah. the daughter when she drowns again, she doesn't just quickly drown and the rock brings her back and now we're all good. She's passed out for I would say minimum five minute span, but she just comes too. I at some point in time here, like it would have been really e- easy to say. I think we should just tweak that just a little bit, like. Like the wife. I don't know, man. I think like I, the wife. I don't think I, she needs to be tumbling down floors. I hey, you know what? The building can be about to collapse, but he saves her right before. I think they committed to jumping the shark here in in all I ways. I don't of this think movie. you're wrong, but anyway, that is there, there are lots of things about this experience that weren't believable. That one took the cake for me. All right, Dex, least believable thing. Yeah, it's it's the opening scene. Yeah, I'm with, with, this, me and Dex have the same one. This is so absurd. Like, I, I love how they're playing a little texting and driving game. Like, oh, she's texting and driving. She's probably going to get, you know, hit by a head-on collision going around this curve down the valley in San, in San Francisco, California. And then, you know, it's, an earthquake happens, and it, and it run, runs her car off the road. And then she falls down a gorg, and... She, like, tumbles, I mean, significantly 100 feet yes. down this gorg. Yes. She's wearing her seatbelt, but then ends up in the back seat and just like, oh, my God, what just happened to me? That girl would be so dead, dude. Yep. She would not have any, like, whoa, oh, my God, I think I just fell down a gorg. Someone help me. So it was things ridiculous. that would have happened. The car would have blown up. The car would have also just, like, fallen further down, stuck, right? Yeah, it wouldn't have stuck yeah. where it stopped. Right. Multiple different points of impact where there's no way she could have survived. I mean, at the very least, she would have been unconscious and severely injured, right? Yeah. So I felt the same way. And then, of course, like, I think, just to piggyback, my least believable thing was probably the risk factor with multiple different LAFD copter people of turning the helicopter sideways into this small crevice and going in and rescuing her in that spot, um, I don't know. Do they do stuff like that? Like, is that something? All right, we're going to. What's the term again? What term? The, the Rock ha- has a term when, when he oh, he oh, says, turn, yeah. we're turn the have, house or turn something the house. like that. Something. And basically, they just sort of go upside down and sideways. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I remember this, is not to get crazy morbid here, but when Kobe Bryant passed away, I remember my, cause my, my brother was in the service, my oldest sister's in the service. 
And I remember we were just talking about, you know, just how terrifying helicopters were. And they both said, who had been in helicopters and have been overseas before, they were like, if I wasn't legally obligated in serving, I would never step foot onto a helicopter willingly. Like, I have, they have no interest in going into a helicopter. And both of them are like, they're not scared of heights. They're not scared of doing things that are scary. They said, I will never voluntarily go into There's a no helicopter. There's no backup for them. Yes. There's a propeller, it, it and if it goes out, you are done. The crap out of me. There's no engine. Yeah. That's my helicopter take. For the, There's no, there, yeah, no, I would never fly in one. No. Seems a, no way. Seems Those unlike Grand Can- Come see need, the Grand Canyon in my helicopter. I need Bleep my pre-cocktail elixir just to get into Delta no. Comfort, let alone a helicopter, I, dude. I need, I need guarantee, if I'm going to fly, of an engine that can go on if the other one shuts off. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's I can't. Fair. I got you. I, like, my propeller's out. What should we do, Judd? We're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, we're going to blow up, too, because this thing's full of gas. Where I, th- I think it's pretty obvious The Rock has become the number one wrestler turned movie star in history. I mean, he is the biggest action star in the world. His net worth is pushing a billion dollars. I think. I think. I think Forbes has it between like five hundred million and eight hundred million or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I believe, is the most followed or one of the most followed people on Instagram. And he has. He's basically bigger than under. He has taken over Under Armour essentially, right? Are there any other WWE stars that came close to being A-list actors? I mean, Hogan acted for a while, but it was mostly just hokey, cheesy stuff in the early 90s. Jesse Ventura was some some stuff. Some, like, backup stuff, right? John Cena's done a few things. John Cena is like a diet, diet, light version of The Rock in almost every way, even his wrestling career. Yeah, he's the zero sugar version of the soda. He's not even diet. Yeah. He's he's below (laughs) diet. Roddy Piper did some acting in the early 90s. I think Hogan. Actually, Edge does some TV acting. Stone Cold is like kind of like, I know he's still mostly involved with WWE behind the scenes and doing like talk show host stuff, but like he's kind of morphed out of that role a little bit. I think in my youth, I think when when I probably in my late teens, early 20s, I think the guy that took a shot at this, but he did not get close to this one was Hulk. Yeah. Like Hulk took the biggest shot at becoming a mainstream type of type of star, but I mean, he didn't get close to this. I, I mean, this, this is, this is for 2021 guys. This is as close to our guy, our Arnold, as I think that you can get. Yeah. And, and by the way, the rock in a remake of kindergarten cop might be damn good. Oh, well he did. He did the tooth fairy like 10 or 15 years but ago. But I mean that kindergarten cop role, he'd yeah. be good in it. Yeah. It'd be the it's, exact same type of thing. It's hilarious because John Cena would would John Cena would make fun of The Rock, you know, ten years ago for starring in you know your movie career. How's that going, Tooth Fairy? It's like, well, well, John, what's your net worth compared to The Rock? I and feel like I have to defend The Rock. Cena's been in in what he he was in the one with Amy Schumer, the Train LeBron Rack. James, yeah, 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 which was not really a good I film. Don't like that movie, and he sort of played a what the boyfriend in that one. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't play a instrumental role in yeah, that one right. as i recall yep and john cena i think started in the marine two or this, something yeah. or, this yeah. film this film with the wrong action star would have sucked this was an arnold schwarzenegger yeah. level movie i like i'm with you but but if you if you cast the wrong the wrong action star in this film it would have been unwatchable like awful i have a whole category here for you guys from forbes.com and a couple other write-ups about the re the realistic or not nature of the big one the like nice how realistic is it that that magnitude of an earthquake could happen at some point i'm just oh. going to read you some stuff all right 
Experts define the big one as a quake of at least 7.8 magnitude along the southern part of the San Andreas Fault. That quake would be 44 times stronger than Southern California's Northridge earthquake of 1994, which caused 72 deaths, 9,000 injuries, and $25 billion in damage. In 2008, a group of scientists, engineers, and others predicted the big one would lead to more than 1,800 deaths, 50,000 injuries, $200 billion in damage, and other losses. Mm -hmm. A scientific forecast released in 2014 pegged the likelihood at 48% of at least one California earthquake with such magnitude or more within the following 30 years. Big quakes, so, yeah, so we're seven years into that study. Uh, Big quakes like this occur on the southern San Andreas every 45 to 230 years, and we haven't had one in 161 years. Thanks, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, thanks. So, again, 1,800 (laughs) people will die. 1,600 fires will ignite, most of them large fires. 750 people will be trapped inside buildings with complete collapse. 270,000 people will be immediately displaced from their homes. 50,000 people will need ER care. 11 days out, people will start to drink more. Search and rescue efforts what? will last for 19 days. Wait, what, was the, what was the drink more? 11 days out, people so will start days before to, they to drink sp- more. So there's some type of... I'm I, don't, I don't know what that, by that one. I don't know what that like means. It, it, I mean, the pandemic, that was the same thing as the pandemic. Liquor store. No, but it says... No, it's like 11 days out. Of, but it's like you have a trigger of stress in your life. That yeah, you, but you don't know exactly what that's going to be, and indeed, it's an earthquake. So, what yeah, does earthquake proofing buildings do? Up to what? So, I don't so know, like a building, a building won't collapse you. up to what? A I don't six. Know. That's my my friend lived in L.A. proper, I believe, in the early two thousands, and and he lived near Dodger Stadium. And I remember there was a warning of some sort in, on his property or something. It, it was an it was a great house, old house. And the warning was something along the lines of at some point in time, there would if there is an earthquake of a certain magnitude, your house will basically liquefy and collapse. Like liquefy. It, yeah. It was like it'll just collapse. It'll, it'll just like bang. I didn't get it. But the point being is, why would anybody live in California? It seems a little risky. Like it tornadoes. Seems a risky. I'm, I'm willing to risk a tornado because guess what? Odds are it ain't going to hit my house. I got good odds, right? Yeah, it does, yeah. Earthquakes take everything. <laughs> like, if you're near the San Andreas Fault, it's over. I know. I t- and that's it, a you thing, because you live there. Especially because like, you're 160 years into this, you know there's going to be a big one, yeah, whether it's right. in five years or 15 years. So, all right, definitive bad guy rankings. Okay, to this point, and by the way, the criteria here is how iconic is the bad guy, how ruthless is the bad guy, how charismatic is the bad guy. And to this point, the Terminator is our number one ranked bad guy. Hans Gruber from Die Hard is number two. Michael Myers from Halloween is number three. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man rounds out our top five. At the bottom end, we have the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, the Muggers from Death Wish, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, and Cullen from Kindergarten Cop. Just above Cullen is the asteroid from Armageddon. And so for you guys, where do you think mm. nature, Mother Nature from San Andreas should rank here? I, I think the important thing to recognize here is this is actually realistic. Like of all that of all the things that we have seen so far, this one's I know the asteroid was to an Armageddon, but that like it wasn't really like charismatic. 
I would also add to that, Dex, that the asteroid is not nearly as iconic as Mother Nature. Like Correct. people, people, people talk about the big. Actually, you know what? Let's let's call it the big one because the the big one is the villain here. Sure. People have talked and speculated on the big one as long as we've all been alive. Mm-hmm. When's the net? When's the big one gonna hit? So in terms of iconic nature, it's it's pretty like iconic. a ten out of ten. I mean, yeah, like the big one is ten out of ten. As far as ruthless, it's ten out of ten. Charisma. I mean, it did pick out the Golden Gate Bridge. It's, like it's it's flashy, but it's got no chance against the Rock. <laughs> it's lost against the Rock. He's got a pontoon. He's gonna kick its ass. So where should this? You know, I th- mm. I'll just give you some. I'll keep going. I think it's closer to the top than the bottom. I agree. So uh, yeah, keep going. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, Cobra Kai from Karate Kid, Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. Personally, love I think I think the big one is a fringe top five bad guy. Ooh, that's a little high for me because I, I like the people more than than the big one itself. What? So where where is Drago? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth. I don't think it can be above Drago because that's as icon- That's a great iconic. I mean, Drago, Drago did have a seismic punch. A seismic punch. I could see it being top ten. I don't think it's top five. Dex? Yeah, I I, I don't I think I can put Yvonne, it above Drago. I, I, I'm Drago. trying to talk myself into it, to be honest. Um, I think we'd feel bad about that in the morning. I, I would, too. <laughs> Dex, I think you'd wake I up know, and be I like, know what, did I, what, did, I, why what did, did I do? What did I do, and what's going to happen on Twitter now that How I did it? How do I get out of here? Um, I would say, yeah, I, I would say it's 10. I would say it's it, it's 10. Or we'll, we'll, we'll sneak it in there right behind Ivan Drago. I think that's Right fine. behind Ivan Drago. So that, that, right. that puts it in front of what? In front of the Russian mobsters from John Wick, and yep. in front of Dennis Hopper from Speed. Yep, totally comfortable with that. Yeah, and and, and um, it's yeah. That's good. So so it's it's fringe top ten. Like it. Okay, one through ten. Right now, the only perfect tens are Terminator, Die Hard, and Halloween. Taken, John Wick, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop, Terminator Two, Fast and the Furious. And uh, the Expendables, Top Gun, and Roadhouse round out like the top twelve for us. Sure, the worst ones we've ever reviewed. Our Demolition Man, Kindergarten Cop, Shoot 'em Up, Bloodsport, and Mad Max 2. The exact smack dab middle. We've done about 40 or 42 of these things. Lethal Weapon, Casino Royale, Karate Kid, and Speed. So we'll start with Judd, 1 through 10. Okay, The Rock, I think, is really good. The film itself has certainly some huge holes, but I like the fact it gets to action. To me, it, it was... Um, it was cartoonish in some ways, but that's not a put down. I'm going to go with a very solid seven. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a seven. I think Phil might be higher, but I'm I'm going to say because it it met a lot of criterias. It definitely did. I enjoyed it. I thought the time was perfect. Like it just got into things, and I don't think that it dragged on. It's a very solid seven. Dex? Yeah, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, even with the over the topness of a natural earthquake, I still. Thought it was hilarious and, and 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 captivating the whole time. Alex Adario is phenomenal. I'm giving it an eight. I think yeah. it's an eight out of ten. Yeah, that's fair. I'm giving it an eight point five. I thought it was <laughs> it's on, on the Richter five. scale. Yeah. It's <laughs> on the Richter scale. scale. Actually, I should, it's the big I, one. I should have yeah. given it. What, I don't remember what the final earthquake was. Like a nine point seven. Yeah, something like that. Should have given it that. Um, I thought. Yeah, I I thought this was. It had star power in the rock. He's my favorite entertainer. It was fast paced. It was in your face. Um. I don't know. I, I probably could have used like one more iconic character, but that wasn't the nature of the movie. No pun intended. I think you're right, Phil. I, I think they, they said, screw the characters. We, we've we got The Rock 
and we got a budget. Yep, let's I, do I it. I think you hit it. Let's blow some stuff up. I think you are exactly right. So that gives it that makes it a seven point eight, which puts it just ahead of Die Hard Two and Code of Silence, and just behind Point Break, Independence Day, and Bad Boys in our rankings here, okay. boys. And uh, we we've come to a decision as a group because next weekend is Valentine's weekend. Oh, this, mm-hmm. this is a big announcement. This is a major big announcement, guys. Major Mackie and Judd. AMR announcement. We are going to pause Action Movie Rewind for a week, and we are going to introduce Rom-Com Rewind Rom-com in celebration Rewind. of Love and Valentine's Day weekend. That's so sad. And we've, there's not even going to be a vote here. Okay. Judd and I have come to an executive decision that okay. we are going to review How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, my God. For the first oh, we are doing that? Okay. rom-com rewind. It's a, that's fine. Okay. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Matthew McConaughey, one. Kate You haven't seen this? I haven't oh seen this God, one. Oh, I, I think you'll like oh, it. Oh, your life is about to change. I think you'll like it, Dex. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And I wouldn't be opposed likes if a once a month we yeah. did rom-com rewind. I, I'm all for it. I love me a rom-com. We need to see if it's popular with with our our loyal Mac yeah. and Judd listeners. In fact, we but want I your feedback. It. Yeah, tell but it. I do it. Hit us up on Twitter. like action. At Jay Zilgat, at Phil Mackey, at Dex's Tweets. Rom-com rewind, yay or nay? And, and, like, we'll do one next week, and you can see if it sucks or not. But just give us some feedback <laughs> if you've made it I think far. Declan's going to love this film. Oh, I'm excited, man. I that's love my, McConaughey. That's my Kate guess. Hudson? I like them all in. Oh, yeah, it's good. I'm all in. Great. The jabroni beaten, pie-eating, trailblazing, eyebrow-raising, stronger than a bear, faster than a buck, the biggest thing to hit Canada because the maple leaves suck. Woo! All right, we wrap with Roycey every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday here on Mackie and Judd, and you can find Roycey Unchained with Judd every Monday on scorenorth.com, the Scornorth app, Apple, and Spotify. He's also on Monday Night Sports Talk with Joe Suchere. As part of the Garage Logic podcast feed, and uh, he now has earbuds surgically implanted in his head because he's <laughs> Mister Technology, Patrick Rice. That is that is true. I was uh, I was prepared to walk around the Twin Cities with them in my ears the other day if some if one of them didn't fall and hit the and would go think when it hit and I heard it. So uh, that's a good sign. No, I can still hear that. Isn't it? my hearing is still pretty good? That's good. Not bad. Unlike, unlike a hundred-year-old sports writer who he recently cast from this film, <laughs> Sydney. I, 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 Sydney taught me that hearing is a good thing to have. It's, uh, huh? It really. Huh? Boys, I made this observation on Twitter uh, earlier this morning, but it's 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 haunting me. Because uh, time flies when you're my age, right? It goes like this, and I finally figured out why. Because for our whole lives, we have taken week weeks, you know, time in one week hunks, right? Hey, it's the weekend. It's yeah. Friday, right? Yeah, it's Monday. Oh, I realize the Mondays. I realized I realized looking out the window today, we now take it in two week hunks. Based on recycling, because <laughs> every, you know, every Friday morning when you look out and see the blue cans there, you say, bleep and bleep, I thought we did that last week. It's, uh, recycling has changed the flow of time in our lives. That's now, <laughs> Bill, I don't think you have to take out the recycling, do you? No, we have a, re- well, we have a recycling chute in our building. That we just use. That's 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 good. You don't have to, but uh, us us homeowners, I do every it. two weeks, and I never know until I look out 
I got to look out before 7.30 in the morning. I'll sometime I miss it, too. So uh, you don't want to miss it because you never know how many Amazon boxes there's going to be oh, to put in God. it. <laughs> I've, got five, I've got five in my kitchen right now to go out. It's unbelievable. I was told months ago, I won't buy anymore, I promise. I keep seeing yeah. one of these boxes at my door every day. Well, that happens. That definitely happens. Yes, sir. So our ghost ghost managed to do it again. Here's my biggest problem. Why is Marcus Carr walking the ball up the court with 30 seconds to go and you're down three? Jim Jackson let's said that. Let's go. That's what he said. Let's go. What are we doing here? I hate the walk of the ball up the par- court anyway, but players seem it. it's cool because – but when you do that, they know who's going to take the shot. Yes. When you're out there yo-yoing with eight seconds to go, get up in the front court, run some stuff. Let's go here. God almighty. But the Gophers aren't alone with that, but it, it seemed particularly stupid last night. Also, it doesn't make sense to me how you can run into the same double-team math equation multiple times over the course of like a half hour and then you have to call timeout twice because you run into the same thing. And out of the third one, you're like, okay, they're going to double team you. Somebody is open. Yes. Figure it out in a timeout or figure it out on the fly. It's basketball. You know, it doesn't make sense. He was good last night, Carr, but he's been a disappointment to me. He's, uh, he's, he's not, uh, he's not a point guard. He's a, he's a, what can I get for me, guy? Most of the time, and uh, I don't know. He looked great early, and uh, he's had he's contributed uh, to a lot of these road losses himself by a not making shots, b doing stupid things. He's uh, he's an okay player, but he's not he's not like franchise, and and he's gonna have to uh, he's gonna end up playing in Australia in the same backcourt as Johnny Flynn, so uh, yep. he might as well get used to that. He's not gonna play in NBA. Patrick, can you explain to me then off that point? Either of the last the last two possessions, the last two nights uh, in, in <laughs> basketball in this town, the Timberwolves and they're different plays, but the Timberwolves and Gophers. You, the great thing, as I told Phil about basketball, is you have a chance when down. The odds are pretty good that you can either tie the game or win the game. What the hell was either team doing? Like in both cases. You didn't even get a real good chance. Uh, well, I think in the Timberwolves, it's real simple. Uh, and I'm not blaming Ryan for this because I don't know if it would be different with any other coach. But nobody's got the guts to tell the D'Angelo Russell not to take that shot and to let Beasley take to figure out, draw the defense to him and throw it to Beasley, who's a better three-point shooter than he is. Nobody's got the guts to tell Russell not to take that shot just like Tibbs didn't have the guts to tell uh, Jimmy Butler not to take that shot. Just like, you know, these guys, they want to, you know, Jimmy Butler, when they ran a clear out for with Jimmy Butler and you needed a three to tie, you know, you knew there was 10% chance he was going to make it, right? Mm-hmm. That they, because he run it down. And the other thing, run it down to six seconds when you take the shot. There's no chance to throw it back outside and tie it when you miss it. It's uh, go down, tie the game, and then worry about the last fifth and play defense. And 
Nobody's got the guts to tell these in the in the NBA anyway to tell these guys. I don't want you taking the shot. I got better shots than you are, because uh, D'Angelo thinks he's the man. And even though Beasley's a better shooter than him, so mm-hmm. that's how that one. I don't know what the hell the Gophers were doing. Uh, there's, uh, you know, I don't know who. Uh, you know, if Carr gives up the ball and then they get it back to him, he's got a better chance of getting a decent shot off than if he's just going to get double teamed. If you hold, if you hold the ball, you're going to get double teamed. If you get rid of it, you might get it back and get a shot. But uh, I don't know. That one was the 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 Timberwolves game two nights ago was impossible to lose, but they lost it. Last night it was difficult to lose, and they lost it. So. Yeah. All right, Pat. You look at the schedule. You look at the schedule, guys. They're not done yet. I mean, they're not. The schedule is still easy for the Gophers if they, you know, they got Northwestern, they got Nebraska, they got Rutgers at home, they got there's Penn State. Uh, they got four or five wins there if they get their uh, heads removed from where they are at the moment. Yep. All right, give us your grandest Super Bowl preview here, Pat, between Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady. Andy Reid, Bruce Arians. How, are you excited to watch this I, game at all? Yes, I am. I like this game. I think it's a great game. I love Mahomes. But I think it got, it has the feel for me of that second time the Packers went to the Super Bowl with Favre and we figured there was no way they could lose and they ended up losing. Mm. I think that the Chiefs offensive line is great as Mahomes is. They're not going to be able to block Barrett and they're not going to be able to block uh, Pierre. And I, uh, I, what's the number? It's only three or four, right? Three and a half. I think. Yeah. 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 That tells you, that tells you what people think. I like the Bucks. I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm no, rooting I for the chiefs, but I, I like the Bucks. I do too. And uh, just, just because of this, just because, A, Kansas City's defense is not great, and the Bucks will run the ball. And although they'll be very, they're going to run the ball a lot, try to hold the ball, and and Mahomes is going to be under intense pressure. I, I think the Bucks might beat them by three. You don't think so. that that former Viking, Mike Remmers, playing left tackle, just because he failed at guard and right tackle here. You don't think he's going to do a fantastic job at left tackle protecting Mahomes' blindside Sunday? Well, one thing they're going to have to do is, like, they love to throw to Kelsey, obviously. They're going to have to use him, but Kelsey's going to have to spend some time staying home and trying to help block, I think, and uh, that's going to hurt him, too. I, I No, Remmers can't block here, and uh, they, this other guy is Barrett. I had no idea how good he was until I saw him against the Packers, for God's sakes. He is a monster, too. So, uh, they I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to block him, and I don't know how they're going to stop the run either. I love Chris Jones, but in third and eights is when I love him. And uh, sure. and they don't they don't have the big old run stopper either. I think, I think, I think the Bucs will have the ball for 36 minutes and win the game. Yeah. That's my feeling. All right. The most. Although I, I had that feeling last year, I watched the game down in uh, Fort Myers with a 
big bar full of Chiefs fans, and they were depressed as hell, and then all of a sudden, boom. You know? That's the thing about and, Mahomes. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Pat, the, I, the, the, the Twins, real quick, the Twins made a, a blockbuster trade yesterday. Uh, Lamont Wade, who's been an on-base machine throughout his minor league career, but swings a rolled-up wet newspaper in the majors, they trade him to the San Francisco Giants for Sean Anderson, a pitcher. What? He throws hard, I guess. He's, uh, what, wild, right? He blocks a lot of guys. But uh, I I like this strategy. Get a live arm. I know I got people saying get Romo, get C-Shack, get guys like this. The hell with it. I've had enough of these. Get some get some 25-year-olds who throw 98, and if they happen to be wild that day, so what? They need some live arms in that bullpen instead of all these slop ballers. They got that Romo got them out for mostly for two years, but I never felt good when he came in a game if it was a big game. I never Those guys never make you feel good. I want a guy who, if he that when a hitter goes up there, he's afraid he's going to get a hit in the neck because because <laughs> the guy's throwing ninety nine, yeah, and it's and he isn't really sure where it's going. I want about three of those guys in this bullpen. To me, I look at Duran as a reliever this year. If he's you know as you know, let him break in that way. I want you know, I think Blazovich Bol- uh, is a starter and you, you keep him you keep him on that track he'll make starts for him this season but you know duran live arm get get some live arms in that damn bullpen because it's slop enough slide i want tyler clippard back i don't want those guys I, like back. Tyler clippard. I want young i want young hard throwers hey now now that the, that the twins have made the uh, most of their moves pat how close do you think they are to the white Sox as far as uh, that division goes I had them at 15 games worse uh, about a week ago, and now I got them within six or seven. Okay. I think they're closing the gap. But, uh, you know, I was reading one thing, too. The Twins, they don't have a number one starter. Well, they got the guy who finished second in the uh, Cy Young Award, voting. Yeah. Right? That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Yeah, that'll, you know, that'll, 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 that'll get you five innings of a playoff game. I was so going to say, can that win your yeah, play, well, can it, I win your damn playoff game? It might game? get you seven if you have a manager who will let you do it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, then they got they got two guys that are really good. And, uh, you know, it's, that's like what they were, everybody was saying. Uh, they didn't have a number one starter when he was – well, there was one year when he was also a number one starter, right? That sometimes – they're sick in in the in the view of major league baseball fans there's about six number ones in baseball ah, they're not a number one uh, there's you know there's 25 of them there's not six okay yeah. dummies it's uh there aren't that many number ones if you want to if you if if your category for a number one is a future hall of famer there aren't that many you know yeah. so Pat, we anyway. we got to run. We will talk to you next week, sir. All right, bundle Thank up, you, bundle up, yep. Pat. See you, Ricey. <laughs> All right, that's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculously gonna be cold. cold for the next. It's gonna week. be cold. Hunkering down sucks. All right, boys, that's a wrap on uh, this week's Mackie and Judd shows. Don't forget, we also have daily Vikings conversations. Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, Scorenorth.com, and uh, Purple Daily podcast YouTube channel. 
Thanks for helping us get over 3,000 subscribers, by the way, on our Upstart Score North YouTube channel. You can subscribe there as well. Have a bundled up Super Bowl weekend, friends.